Lord is, notice, perfect. Now, how many of you can keep the law to that standard? Perfection. How many in here could, raise your hand if you're perfect at keeping the law. Raise your hand, come on. How come I don't see any hands? Because we can't keep the law, can we? It's, it's beyond us because we're sinners. We can't keep the, the law. If you could keep the law perfectly, then it would be the law that converts you. But the law doesn't convert you, only Christ, and it's grace. So keep that in mind as we study this. This is really important for you to understand. The purpose of the law, number one, is to show us we're sinners. Number two, the purpose of the law benefits society. It benefits family. It benefits us to obey God's moral law. God knows what he's doing. And when God says, don't do it, it's for your benefit. It's for my benefit. And if I'll listen to God's law and obey God's law, I'm blessed. I'm free. I have liberty. It's when I don't obey God's law by lying. When I don't obey God's law by speaking an untruth about someone, gossip or whatever. It's when I don't obey God's law that now I'm in bondage to sin. And so the law points us to Jesus Christ, our Savior. But in this dispensation, the Mosaic dispensation, think about this, Exodus 20 from this giving of the law from Mount Sinai, because this is where the children of Israel are. The next book, uh, Leviticus, we're studying that on Sunday night, all about offerings that point to Christ, all about the, the different ways to do the tabernacle service and to worship God. That's, Leviticus is a book of worship. Then you have Deuteronomy, the second giving of the law. It's all about Mosaic law. All of these books are about Mosaic law. So it's important to understand that. Keep your mind in that vein when you're reading, again, this book. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, all of those are part of Mosaic law. Now, these ten laws, as I've told you, are divided into two sets. The first four laws we cover have to do with our relationship to God. These next laws... These six laws that we begin tonight, this is the second tablet. We've already studied the first tablet of law, these four laws that have, our, have to do with our, our vertical relationship with God. If I'm right with God, then I can be right with who? Everyone else. These laws from 6 to 10 have to do with others, laws on how to get along with others, how God expects us to get along with others. It's interesting, isn't it, that we begin with this first one, and it's a law about honoring your parents. One of the most important relationships that every one of us has had, right? I mean, we wouldn't be here without them, right? So this first commandment was, was to honor God and Him alone, and that was the first of the, the tablet of laws. The second tablet, the first one is honor your parents. Very interesting. When you break it down and you see these laws, it's, again, it's, it's wonderful. The second commandment was about idols. No idols, no other gods. God doesn't want an idol of him worshipped and, and obviously no other gods. He wants to be first in our lives. The third instruction was reverence for his name. Do not take his name in vain. And then the fourth one we studied last week was all about a lifestyle of dependence or obedience to God. Remember the rhythm of life. Six days you shall, what? Work. And one day you shall, what? Rest. Sabbath. Jesus is our 
rest. We, we're, we're saved. We rest in Christ because he delivered us from sin. We can rest. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. That's why we don't have to worry about a day. That's why Paul says, don't let people put a trip on you. Don't let them tell you what to eat, when to worship, where to go, what to wear. Don't let anybody do that to you. And he was obviously talking about the Judaizers when you read in the New Testament. But again, it's important to understand these things about the law. So we get our relationship right with God, first four laws. And that now I can have a right relationship with the people that I come in direct contact with, beginning with my parents, my parents. As we go through this, you're going to understand how important parents are. And I think you'll be challenged by the, some of the things that we'll see here. But John the Apostle says this. I love what he says in 1 John 4. He says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a what? What is he? He's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? We have to have a right relationship with God in order to have a right relationship with everyone else. So there's an inseparable connection here with the first four commandments in the vertical and the horizontal with everyone else. Again, we're going to look at honor your parents in verse 12. Let's ask God's blessing. We'll jump in here. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for this time and, and even our communion at the end of our service tonight as we celebrate the Lord's table in remembering what Jesus did, dying on the cross for our sins, shedding his blood, his body broken for us, for our redemption. Lord, bless our time. Thank you for worship. Thank you for a, a cool place to come and study your word. Speak to us now in Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's begin with my first point here in verse 12, a respect that is demanded or a respect that's demanded. It says here, honor your father and your mother. Let's just stop right there. Again, the word's very simple. The word is honor here, kabod. It means, it, it has the idea of heaviness. This word kabod, honor, in the Hebrew has the idea of heaviness. The idea is to, you treat someone with respect like a, a VIP, but they carry weight. You, you, you treat them with respect because they have a, a, a position, an office, like the president, like the mayor, like someone that you elected maybe yesterday. And I hope you voted, by the way. I hope you voted. And so this word honor has the idea of weight to it. You're going to give respect to a dignitary, to a VIP, because they have the weight of authority. Parents have the weight of authority. This commandment to honor is about your response apart from the way your parents perform. Let me say that again. This commandment is about you. It's for each and every one of you here tonight, irregardless of who your parents were, what they did, good or bad. There's no exception here. Honor your parents, but if they were drunk and beat you, don't honor them anymore. That's not what it says. This is where it gets challenging. As we go through this, you may think, Pastor Lee, you're nuts, man. I, you, you should have seen my mom. My mom left me when I was a baby. I haven't even seen her. I don't know who she is. She just left me. How could I honor her? That's a good question, but I think as we go through here, you'll understand that this law is for each and every one of us, and it doesn't depend on the way your parents perform. Again, Absent parents, abusive parents, divorced parents, drinking parents, all of that affect your relationship with your parents. But 
your parents' failure is no excuse from you being obedient to commandment number five. Do you understand? That, that's the point here, and I think that's very important. If I, if I come to church and I love my brothers and serve the Lord, but I despise my parents, that's why I showed you that First John verse to start with. Challenging, isn't it? Again, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. I had great parents. They were very moral parents. I thank God for my parents. They were a blessing. They didn't go to church. They didn't take me to church, but they were a blessing. They were very moral. And some of you have had parents that brought you to church. My wife was raised in a family from the time she was a baby. They, she probably went to church like the second week out of the hospital. And she was in that church every week with her parents. So some of us had that kind of experience, and then others never went to church, were abused possibly by our parents. But again, this fifth commandment is for you. Don't just, don't just tune out what we're talking about tonight just because of your parents' failure. Look again at verse 12 with me. Just look there. It doesn't say honor your parents if they were honorable. It doesn't say honor your parents if they deserve it. It doesn't say honor your parents if they raised you right or treated you wrong. It, it simply says honor your father and your mother, period. That's what it says. I read this illustration that I thought was kind of interesting. A single mother, she had scrimped and saved to get her son through college. She was sitting there while the graduation ceremony was going on, and as he approached the, the podium, he was, uh, the, the school president shook his hand, gave him the diploma, you know, the whole thing. They did the tassel. He walked, instead of going to where he sat with his class, he walked all the way back to where his mother was. He walked right up to his mother and he said, here, mom, here you go. You earned this. He showed respect and honor to his mother because she had put him through school. The fifth commandment is really about that kind of honor, giving honor, again, as I, I read this, I think about how rebellious I was. And I think, man, I wish I wasn't such a jerk, you know, when I was growing up. I wish I would have respected my parents even more. And the older I get, the more I feel that way. I think that you would maybe agree with me if you're my age. If you're really young tonight, you're probably going, brother, Pastor Lee. Because you know way more than I do, especially if you're in your teens. You know way, way more than somebody <laughs> as old as I do am. Here's, here's the problem. In our society, we do not have this kind of training for our children to teach them to show respect and honor. One of the greatest uh, materials that my wife and I got a hold of when we were young parents was a course of study that helped us to teach our children to honor others, to put others better than themselves. If you were in Calvary Chapel back 30 years ago, you sang the song, Make Me a Servant, Humble and Meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my song always be, make me a servant. Who remembers that song? Am I the only one? Okay, there's a few of us. Make me a servant today. So we, we um, had to learn that from the Bible. We didn't, our parents were, were, we had good parents, but we wanted to instill in our children to honor others, to put others better than yourself. Jesus came. What did he come to do? He didn't come to serve, but to do what? to serve. He didn't come to, to, to be served, I should say, but he came to serve. And we're to be like Jesus in every way. So this is, again, honor your mother, honor your father, 
So the first point here, or the second point, an experience to regard. Here it is. Behind this commandment is this special truth here that parent-child relationship is very, very unique. It's very special. How many in here picked your parents? Raise your hand if you picked your parents. How many parents picked your kids? That's probably a better question. We don't get to do that. Who selects your child in your home? Who, who chose your child for you? It was the Lord. You didn't have any choice. You had no choice at all. God is the one that put that special individual, that unique little boy, little girl into your arms, into your womb, ladies. God did that. And God gave special needs children to special people. There are people that have children with special needs. And I, every time I see that, and, I, and the ones that I know in our fellowship, they're special people that God has placed these special children with, these unique little ones. But God is the one that does that. So there's, a, there's experience that comes from an older, wiser, more mature, hopefully parent, that can rear and guide and instruct the little one, the little one that doesn't know anything. They just cry. They want it now. They're selfish. They're, they're, they just whine. That's what a child is. They're, we, Esther and I are the little sinner. What a little sinner. Just being a little sinner today. Wow. And it was our job to teach them what the Bible says about their sin and as they're growing from their younger ages to their older ages, to hand them over to God, to have them accountable to God, not just their parents, so that when they leave the home, they're not accountable to their parents, they're accountable to God and his word. That's the goal. And coming back to this truth, we're to honor our mother and father. And, and it's really important. This is really important for all of us. Some of you might have to get through something tonight because of the way you were abused possibly, or, or your alcoholic parents, and it's hard for you to forgive them, but you must do that. We'll apply this study at the end here before we take communion. What, but this, this experience to regard, this relationship that's so unique with a, a son, in my case, I have four sons. And even today, I was in the back, and I heard the door open, and, and Philip was running around on stage doing stuff. He comes in early, and he's moving things from Sunday and putting up stuff for the band, and I looked back and I said, hey, son, how you doing? I didn't say his name I'd, because he's my son. I have a unique relationship with him. It's different than a relationship with everybody else in this room. He's my son. And just as you have a daughter, you have a son, you have children. You have a very unique relationship with them. You don't say their name as much as, oh, this is my daughter. And then you mention their name because they're unique to you. God has placed them in your, your family. He's, he's introduced them to you and your family. And your job is to love them and instruct them in the way of the Lord. And if you do that right, and it's not easy to do, and I didn't do it right, I just thank the Lord for his grace. God's grace is so wonderful. When you do that and you see them grow and begin to honor the Lord, that's when you, you know you did it right. It's not about making money. It's not about making money. It's not about teaching your child, putting them through college so they can make money. It's not about that. It never works for anybody, money. What it's all about is teaching them to love Jesus Christ because that's when they'll have real joy and they'll have purpose and they'll have meaning. So it's very important to do that and understand as a parent that's your, your job. You're a mature, experienced adult, and you're taking this little inexperienced person and teaching and training and helping them to develop and grow into an 
a mature adult. That's God's design. God chose them. God's plan is that. I don't like his plan. Well, that's God's plan. And when you get on his plan, everything goes well. You'll be blessed. As we're going to see, when you get on God's plan, when it comes to this parenting thing, things go really well. So Mark Twain said this, and I, 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 I actually um, alluded to this earlier. But he said, when I was 14 years old, my father was so ignorant, I hated to have the old man around. But when I turned 21, I was astonished to see how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> Children. Proverbs 6.20, look at this verse, Proverbs 6.20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Throughout the Bible, we see over and over, there's psalm, there are many proverbs like this one. Obey your father, listen to his wisdom, uh, find your place in the home, don't try to overrule your home and household children. At at any age, we should never try to overrule our parents. When you do that, you're not honoring them. And, and again, it's hard at times. But if we'll obey God's way, if we regard his law, then he has a great plan, and it's very unique for us. Thirdly, there's a respect that's deserved here. Again, behind this verse, honor your mother and father, is the thought that parents are honorable, that they're not hypocritical. That's where the problem is. There aren't any perfect parents. There never will be. And our hypocrisy is magnified as your children go from, you know, when they start talking at at three and doing sentences, you know, really well, three, four, and you say something at the dinner table and then they repeat it when the friend that you talked about says it in front of the friend, you know, that's when it's like, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, you want a lollipop, you know. You find out your own, and you see it on your kids. Oh, it's hard. Isn't that hard, parents? That's the problem. We, we are to be honorable at everything that we do. But the thought here is that the parent is honorable. And so the child would honor their mother and honor their father. Children will always struggle to respect a, a parent that says this. Do as I say, but not as I do. If you are a do as I say, but not as I do parent, you're going to fail and your kids are going to rebel at a really young age because they see your hypocrisy. They just see it. Your kids can see it faster than anybody else in your life because they live with you. They listen to you. They watch you. So again, this whole idea about honoring uh, parents. A lot of you are parents, and I'm, I'm sure you're thinking about all of these things. It's good. It's good to, to check yourself and understand who you are. Honestly, though, when parents love their children unconditionally like Christ, when you love your children faithfully like Christ, when a, a parent truly places their child's needs ahead of their own, the sacrifices a, a, a dad makes for his kids a, or a mother makes for their children. I think women are way better at that than men are. I mean, I watch my wife sacrifice over and over and over again. And men, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, um, I changed the diaper. I never had a problem with the diaper. I just did it. You know, you just do it. But I didn't have to breastfeed him for those that first year. I didn't have to get up at... It was kind of cool as a man. It's better to 
breastfeed because then you don't have to get up and warm the milk because she has to do that. You know, it sounds lame, but that Esther did that. She breastfed fed all of them for that first year. She was home. She was able to do that. And, and uh, the sacrifices of a mother. How much sleep do you get, moms, you know, with a newborn? Hardly any, you know. And if your, if your husband isn't feeding, if you're doing all the feeding, breastfeeding, then she is sacrificing hugely. I, I believe God's, you know, uses a mother in wonderful ways in their children's lives. And so we need to understand that, that children are, are, are mothers and parents that put the needs of their kids before their own. Those are the ones that are going to really be honored and respected by their, their uh, children. Now, fourthly, notice the second part of this verse. Here's the promise. So I have the title, A Promised Reward. Honor your father and mother. Here we go. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And this reminds those who obey father and mother that there are promises here. These are important promises that they can actually receive. And I love this. Number one, extended days. Notice he says that your days may be long upon the land. Paul said in Ephesians 6, notice this verse behind me, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, sometimes we think, you know, that's a threatening parent that's, you know, got the, you know, a knife to their child's throat in a sense. You better do it right and do it now or I'm going to, but that's not at all the case. Paul is just saying, you know, children, if you, if you want to live long, if you disregard the wisdom of your mother and father, you, you might not live very long. You, you, you might do the wrong thing. You might fall into the wrong group of people. You might be led astray in some way and die an early death because of your disobedience. So Paul is just saying, again, what ex Exodus 20 verse 12 says, and that's to honor your parents. And, it, and if you do that, if you do that, obviously, uh, you'll have this promise. I, I love this truth. And children, if you honor your parents, you'll live long. That's what he's saying there. Now, I believe that we can actually take this literally and that God actually pro he, he provides and he protects children uh, that obey their parents. Let me show you a proverb. It's Proverb 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. In other words, God protects those who obey his word. He protects those who invest in, in knowing what God's word and praying over it and, and doing that daily Bible study and getting fed with the word. God protects those. So, the best advice I can give you as a young parent, I mean, young parent, three, four, five-year-old, get a little Bible book and read the Bible to your children at night. Just read it to them. We did that. We just read it to them. And as you're reading it, you're learning. And as they're hearing you read it, they see you take a great interest in it. And as they grow older, then they, it becomes their lifestyle because mom and dad read. It's just like praying. If you never pray and tell them to pray, you know, if you sit around the table and ask Junior to pray every time, you're not an example to Junior. You're not helping Junior. It's better for Dad to pray, teaching Junior. And then at bedtime, we let Junior pray. 
And Junior learns from Dad how to pray as an example. But extended days here, extended days for this child that's listening to the wisdom or being obedient to his parents. The opposite is also true. A rebellious, disobedient child will have a shortened life. That's the inference in this scripture, uh, Ephesians 6 and also Exodus 20, verse 12. So the Lord promises extended days to those who honor their parents. This is a, a promised blessing, number two. So it's a, a promised blessing. It's a extended days in this blessing. Notice the very end there of verse 12, which the Lord, your God, is giving to you. It's, he's giving you a blessing. The extended days, but he's giving you a, a blessing. In other words, those that work to honor their parents will be blessed. Pastor Lee, you don't know what my parents put me through. They were alcoholics. They beat my mom or whatever it might be. And those are very serious things, by the way. But as an adult, as a Christian who's been forgiven much, you've got to learn how to forgive. You have to. You have to forgive. And Jesus requires that we forgive. And when you do that, when you work through that process of forgiving because your God forgave you much, you can do it. You can do it. You have the Holy Spirit. You can do it. God will help you uh, to do that. God will bless those who work to honor their parents. Here's what Paul says in Colossians 3. He says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. You want to please the Lord? And you need to honor your parents. You don't know what they did. Your love shouldn't be based on that. Your love should be based on Christ and forgiveness and honoring your parents because it pleases the Lord, not because it pleases you. It's never about pleasing you. Honoring the Lord, obeying his word is hard work. Would you not agree? You have to, you have to push back the flesh. You have to squelch your own feelings and then walk obediently in and by faith as a Christian. That's how we grow as Christians. We mature, we grow, because we walk by faith in the standard that God has given, pleasing the Lord. That means his standard is more important than mine. This is God's way. He set it up. Parents, training, that's all his. We have to obey his commandments. And when we do, he's pleased. It pleases the Lord. So for the child who honors his or her parents, God's promise, extended days and blessings here in verse 12. Now, you can't read that without knowing that a refusal to obey parents or one who rebels against his parents will be, the antithesis will be cursed. If you're going to be blessed for obedience, then you're going to be cursed for disobedience, right? Right? And the Bible makes those things clear. Here's Proverbs 30, 17. This is an interesting one. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. Wow. Wow. Strong language, right? I mean, you thought, well, Pastor Lee, you're getting a little radical. Well, Proverbs 30, 17. That's a warning. That's quite a warning, by the way. And so... Honoring your parents, there's many different ways that we can do that. It's important for you to understand this. And listen, all of us have parents. Now, maybe your parents are deceased. My father's deceased. I still have a mother. 
Um, and, and I need to respect my mother. I need to honor my mother. And we do that in different ways, you know, make a phone call. She would wish that I would go out there more. But my wife and I flew out there and had lunch with her a little while. She loved that. We, went, we flew to Camarillo you know, from Redlands. I left Redlands, took off, and flew to Camarillo. And we had lunch. And she was like, she was so happy to have her, you know, son. And we took her out to lunch there at the airport. And uh, whenever we get together, it's always a blessing. She comes from Simi Valley with my sister to visit us, and we honor her as a family. My children, my in-laws, my, my daughter-in-laws, they honor my mom, and they've always done that. My mother-in-law, they honor her. They, she was here the other night, and they were kissing her cheek. It was so sweet to see. Uh, it's important that we honor our parents. That's important. Now, let me close here because we're going to have communion, but let me close with the application. I mean, I could say a lot more about parenting. I could say a lot more about uh, children and their obedience, the importance of uh, we could go on and on. But let me just close this way. Three ways to honor your, or four ways to honor your parents. I'm going to give you four different ways to honor your parents. And number one is to obey them, obviously, right? It says three, but I, I sent it back, but I, I sent it back to you later. I'm going to give you four. So you get a bonus one. To obey them. So... Now, there's obviously a limit, meaning if, if your parents ask you to do something that's unbiblical, do you obey your parents? I mean, that's obvious, right? You're not going to do that. But if your parents are asking you to help them, if your parents need help financially, if your parents need help materially, I used to go and cut my, I hate mulberry trees. I hate them with a passion because I had to cut the mulberry tree every year. My, and they had three in the yard. And I had three sisters. And they were in the house cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. I was outside raking leaves, cutting the grass. I had all the hard labor outside. I really would rather be out there like most guys. When I moved into my house in Marada in 1991, I had three mulberry trees. You know what I did? I got my chainsaw. I, seriously, I took my chainsaw. I cut every one of those trees down. You can ask Esther. First thing I did, cut them down, throw them in the dumpster. These big, massive trees. I cut them down because I hate those trees, because you got to trim them every year. Do you have mulberry trees, anybody in here? I mean, it's insane. Isn't it insane? Wouldn't you agree? Phil says yes, thank you, amen. <laughs> if, but if your parents want you to cut the tree, cut the tree. If your parents need help, maybe you can find them a tree trimmer. Maybe you can do something in that regard. But if they're asking you to do something unbiblical, you don't obey that, obviously. Um, you have to obey God rather than who? Than man, obviously the Bible says. But apart from that, as long as you have a parent, you have to honor them. Now, some have told me, Pastor Lee, you're wrong on that one. And they don't agree with that because they believe that as soon as they moved away from home, they were totally independent and they had, I mean, they had enough of their parents for those 15, 18 years. You know, I, I, I had enough of my dad. I, 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 I don't want any more of this, and so I left the house, and, and I'm never going back there again. And, and you're telling me i got to honor my dad. And I, and I say, yeah, you have to honor your dad because it says so in the Scripture. You must. There, you don't, there's no question about it. You have to. Well, I left the house because I didn't want to honor. You're wrong. I, I've actually had a couple guys. In, not a lot, not, not a lot, but over the years I've heard that before. When you read this fifth commandment, there's no escape clause here. As I mentioned earlier, there's no escape clause. You are to obey, obey this issue of honoring your parents. 
A grown-up child should honor his elderly parents, period. You have to honor them. And I believe that God created us in that order. Parents, children. Grandparents, parents, children. Even great-grandparents, children. We were at the church picnic a few weeks ago, and it was Mary and her sister. I can't remember Mary's last name. And I sat down, and I talked to them a little bit, and they both had great-grandchildren, and they're just like my age. I thought, that is insane, but they, it, we, they were laughing and showing me pictures, and they had great-grandkids. We must honor our parents and grandparents and, and even great-grands if you're, if you're blessed enough to have them in your life. We have to honor our parents, even though they're elderly, and I believe that God created that and he's created this command because he wants order in our homes and in our society. So as long as we have parents, we have to do all we can to honor them. Number two, we're to speak well of them. Now, here, this is kind of interesting because it's easy for us in a conversation to say, oh, you, listen, you want to hear something about parents. Let me tell you about my parents. You're dishonoring your parents when you begin to do that. Do you see? Do you understand? We have to be very, very careful not to dishonor our parents by speaking poorly about them. We need to obey them. We need to speak well of them. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Here it comes. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Maybe I didn't get that scripture through. It's Ephesians 4, 39, or 29. So we know it. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. See, we, everybody knows that. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't tell stories or, or add things about our parents. If you can't say something nice, you must refuse to say evil things about your parents. You've got to stop it. Well, but, but my parent was alcoholic. My parent was abusive. My parent was, you know what? As a Christian, you've been saved. In fact, God's probably done a work in your life to change you from this abusive person or maybe an alcoholic person, and he's given you a new life in Christ. If you can be forgiven, they can be forgiven. There's no unpardonable sin. Believe me, there's no unpardonable sin. We can talk about that later if you want, but there, there's nothing that you could commit that would keep you from from the love of God in Christ. Nothing. And they, well, what about the unpardoned? Well, we can talk about that if you want to. But I'm just saying there's nothing you've done that can't be pardoned. The grace of God is greater than any and all sin. It's important to understand that. So this is just a practical way of honoring your parents. Speak well of them. Number three, forgive them. Here's the, the question. How do you forgive a parent that really did abuse you? How do you forgive a parent who has hurt you? I mean, it's an honest question. Maybe your parent was an alcoholic. Maybe your mother left you. So how do you honor a parent that neglected you? One word, forgiveness. Forgiveness. And God requires us to forgive one another. 70 times 7, you know the verse, over 
and over and over again. But it hurt, and I, I still have this resentment, and I still, ha- you have to forgive them. But I can't do it, Pastor Lee. No, you can't do it. But God, the Holy Spirit living in you can, and he can help you, and he can lead you, and he can guide you. Forgiveness is the key. You should never use the hurts of your past as an excuse to avoid commandment number five. Don't don't go back again and again in your memory. Don't go back there. Paul says, pressing forward, leaving the past behind. I'm going to press for the high calling, the mark of Jesus Christ. As a believer, that's where I need to be. I'm pressing forward. I'm not looking back. No man putting his hand to the plow, Jesus said, is worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Grow in grace. Grow in forgiveness. That's how you deal with that. You, You... Forgive them. So four ways to honor your parents. Obey them, speak well of them, forgive them. And number four, here's the bonus. Do not forsake them. The best example of this, you all know it. Jesus is about to breathe his last breath. He's he's just about bled out. He's been beaten. He's been cruelly tortured for hours before they nailed him to the cross. And yet he looks down at John. And he says, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. His great love for his mother was displayed on the cross as he was brutally dying, gasping for breath. But his love and honor for his mother, this commandment was displayed in Jesus Christ in the most deep and and honorable way while Jesus was there on the cross just truly amazing. So how do you not forsake your parents? Well, you write them, you call them, you care for them, you forgive them, you speak well of them, spend time with them. All of those things are so, so important. So brothers and sisters tonight, this is the fifth commandment. We began with this vertical, our response to God. Now it's, it's our, our responsibility to God. Now it's our responsibility to man. The first one, honor your parents. Let's pray. Father, I just sense, Lord, that there are those here, whether they were abusive to their children or they were abused themselves, And this is hard for them. And I'm so grateful, Father, that you have given us the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would reveal the truth of your word, that you would help each and every individual here that is struggling in this area of honor, honoring their mother and their father. I really pray, Father, that you would help us with that. And I thank you, God, for your design of the family. And I thank you that when a mother and father love you dearly and they begin to read the word and they pray together, that they can turn lives around, that you'll sanctify the house. 
And God, forgive us if we've mistreated our children. And Lord, that we would go to them and ask forgiveness. That we would just say, forgive me. We're not obligated to make them do it, but we are obligated to go to them and ask forgiveness. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that that work would go on tonight. Just ask, Father, that as we move into our communion time, that we would do business with you. That tonight, Lord, as we come to the Lord's table, to your table, that we would do that work of forgiveness. Maybe it's not a parent, but it's someone in a close relationship that we are so angry with and we've not been forgiving. How can we dare come to the Lord's table with bitterness in our heart? I pray we, we would right now take time to ask you to forgive us for our attitude, our words, anything, Lord, that, that would keep us from that koinonia, that unique fellowship, that, that relationship, that close relationship that you desire to have. Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. And Lord, that I would have clean hands as I come to the Lord's table. We pray tonight that you would reveal those things to us, that we would ask forgiveness for those things, and that we would see exampled in this Lord's Supper the beauty of forgiveness, that it was costly. Your body broken, Lord Jesus, your blood shed for the remission, the payment, the propitiation of, of my sin appeasing the wrath of God by your act. So, Lord, may this moment be precious to us. May this moment cause us to remember your wonderful and fulfilling sacrifice on our behalf. We love you and we thank you, Lord. As we begin to worship now, just remain in an attitude of prayer. We'll sing a song. We'll pass the elements one at a time. Just hold your portion. Just hold on to it, and then we'll pray and partake together tonight. Let's worship. <laughs>